0: Welcome to Walking Dharma Podcast, the podcast that attempts to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. Today's podcast is called Finding Emotional Freedom, and it's inspired by the teachings of Osho and Louise L. Hay. And if you don't know, Osho is a late Zen master who was highly controversial. He founded an enormous center in India where people still go to this day to learn his Zen lunatic ways. And Osho really preached, or if you will, transmitted the teaching of unconditional acceptance. And His form of unconditional acceptance means unconditional self-acceptance, and then from that springs unconditional acceptance of all of life, meaning instead of judging life and trying to change things to become a certain way, instead we become open to the cosmic play that all of our composite experiences actually are. And on the other hand, the other part of this podcast is inspired by Louise L. Hay. And she is the metaphor and affirmations master. She has actually passed away now too. But she wrote an amazing book called You Can Heal Your Life. And there's a shorter version called You Can Heal Your Body. And it's all about body metaphors, meaning it talks about where emotional pain goes in the body, how to acknowledge those metaphoric holding patterns, And then also create affirmations to heal those patterns over time by basically finding emotional freedom from whatever emotions are keeping us in bondage. And the main thing I want to focus on in this podcast today is the idea of moving from a reactive state to a responsible state. And reactivity basically means that we're acting from a place of being triggered. So it means something arises within our field that we've had experience with in the past. And we behave based on those past memories of how we behaved to that similar stimulus in a past experience. So for example, if we've been conditioned to get defensive, anytime someone gives us feedback, then even when we are receiving positive feedback from someone, we might take it as negative and get defensive about it, even if they're actually giving us a compliment. Another example of reactivity is a very simple example of driving in traffic. If growing up you always watched your father be very aggressive when he was driving in traffic and flip people off and drive in a way that even put everyone at danger, then you're more likely to do that when you're older and driving as well. Suddenly someone cuts you off and you actually run your father's program of flipping the person off and yelling at them even if you don't actually feel angry or irritated deep down. And so that's what reactivity is. It's where basically we run on behavioral programs that have been conditioned into us by our environment. And our environment constitutes our closest family members, our peers, where we grew up, our cultural conditioning, and much more. And Anytime we find ourselves in a reactive state, we basically are in a triggered state. And that triggered state doesn't need to always be negative but most of the time when we're talking about triggers, we are implying that it's probably not behavior that helps serve us in our highest good or highest aspirations of who we really want to be. And the opposite of reactivity is responsibility and you could break that down as response ability meaning our ability to respond appropriately to experiences based on our present moment awareness. And for example, in the traffic scenario, if we are in a responsive present moment based state, then when that person cuts us off, We might have the memory of our father being aggressive to people in traffic, but we can differentiate between an experience we've seen with someone we love and actually our own feelings about that same experience when it happens to us. So that means even if my father got angry when someone cut him off and flipped them off or drove aggressively, I can consciously decide not to. Even if I feel that urge rise up within me that I want to get angry, I can again and again from a place of awareness decide that that's not the energy I want to bring into my field. Every emotion that we are capable of having is latent within us. It's just a matter of whether we choose to keep pulling that emotion up or not. And see, that's what reactivity basically is. It's where we keep pulling up the same emotion over and over again and try to apply it to a wide variety of scenarios. It's like choosing the same book off the bookshelf over and over again. That book starts to show wear and tear, and the other books might remain pristine. And why would we always want to pull the anger book when we can pull the book of peacefulness? Or pull the book off the shelf that, you know, metaphorically, of course, represents us being loving towards other people, even if they act in a way that's not loving towards us. And most of us remain a slave to our emotional reactive programs, simply because we haven't realized that at any given moment, we can choose a different book off of the shelf, So moving from reactivity to responsibility is all about being present enough in the moment at hand that you can decipher what societal conditioning that has programmed you and what you actually would choose for yourself and how you would behave. The difference between reactivity and responsibility, most oftentimes being in a reactive state creates more suffering. It imprints those negative responses more deeply into our neural pathways. So we are more likely to choose the anger book again and again. And responsibility is where we become aware that, oh, I'm choosing the anger book and I don't have to. And instead, you begin to recondition your neural pathways by, even though you're feeling the anger, consciously choosing the book of calm. Or peacefulness and this might sound at face value like I'm saying we need to suppress our emotions but that's not actually the case it's not that we want to suppress them it's just that we want to learn to not project pain onto other people projecting pain onto other people is what we most often do when we are in a reactive state When we feel angry, for example, we want to get rid of that feeling as soon as we can. So we're most likely to try to push it onto someone else. That could be in the form of flipping that person off in traffic who you don't even know. And it's really probably nothing personal that they cut you off, right? But because we have this anger dwelling within us, and we've got to get it out occasionally, somehow, because we're not acknowledging it for what it is when we're not angry then we become more likely to project those negative emotions out into the world, aka onto other people. And the problem with projecting so-called negative emotions onto others is that it can ruin our connections with people. It puts a great big leaky hole in our vibrational field to where all of a sudden when we're angry, we draw angry people to us. Or if we feel guilty, then we'll draw experiences to us that reaffirm all the reasons why we should feel guilty. And it's not even that we draw those experiences to us, but it's that because we feel angry or guilty within ourselves, then we are going to see that out in the world. If I choose to see happiness within myself, then naturally everywhere I look in this vast universe, I'm going to find happiness through experiences, through relationships, and also through how I relate with myself. So moving from reactivity to responsibility, to me is mostly about deciding what I want to choose for myself. How would I want to present my energy to the world? Do I want to create more pain and suffering? Or do I want to create harmony? and a sense of well-being within every single person I encounter. And whether you feel that strong compulsion to bring more joy into the world, or you simply just feel like you want to have more joy within yourself, then this reactivity to responsibility stuff is a big deal. And Osho breaks it down in three phases. The first phase of reactivity is quite obviously... Whenever we feel triggered by something, we have the strong emotional reaction that's usually negative. It affects those around us. And we blame the outer stimulus for creating that reaction within us. So basically what that means is anytime we blame an outer experience for creating an emotion within us, we are choosing victimhood mentality. And if we feel victimized, then we will naturally see ourselves as the victim in every scenario that we draw into our lives. The second phase of reactivity, this is where we start to become a little bit more self-aware, is where some external stimulus comes along that triggers you. Let's say, for example, another driving example. You're driving in the parking lot at a very busy shopping center and you put your blinker on to get the parking spot that's becoming available. And right as the spot opens up, someone cuts in your way and takes the spot as well. What do you do with it? Do you immediately fly to anger and irritation? And if so, where is that coming from? Do you own that parking spot? Is your name on it with a sign that says reserved? No and even if it was would it be worth you losing your internal peace even for five seconds to let anger come in over something that in the big picture is so petty no it wouldn't be yet we do this all the time we walk around with our suitcase full of assumptions and we dump them on every experience we have the second phase of reactivity is where we get triggered by something. Say, for example, the person taking your parking spot in the busy shopping center. And we get angry. And we maybe we say to that person, what are you doing, man? We drive off angrily and get upset looking for another spot. And then maybe we actually rear in someone in our haste. And instead of taking responsibility for our own reaction, we actually blame The person taking our parking spot for our car accident. And that's absurd because we have to take essentially responsibility for our own actions. If I rear in someone, it's no one's fault but my own. If I was distracted by a strong emotion, that's on me. So let's take that scenario. Maybe you are becoming more self-aware once the scenario has kind of cooled down, you might actually be able to reflect upon yourself and be like, wow, in the future, I don't want to act that way. You know, that didn't feel good. I'm embarrassed about maybe being a crazy raving lunatic in the parking lot, just because I didn't get my green juice in time or whatever it may be. And we can essentially note to ourselves, okay, I'm going to do better next time. And what doing better is, is always variable. Some days are better is better than others, if you know what I mean. So, the second phase of reactivity is where we have a strong reaction, but we then later, and even shortly later, realize that we had a reaction. Whereas in the first phase, we don't even realize we're having a reaction. We just blame outer experiences for why we feel certain ways. In the second phase, we have the reaction, but then we realize that we were moving from a reactive state and so we commit to ourselves and maybe others if we were especially damaging that we're going to work on it and do better next time. And so let's say a couple years go by and we're doing the spiritual work and, and part of the, the quote, if you will, spiritual work is learning how to process our emotions meaning we take responsibility for how we feel rather than blaming the world for how we feel. So I'm always saying this to myself. Nothing can make me feel any certain way. Whatever I allow as feeling to come out of me, whatever I choose to feel about a scenario is coming from either my conditioning or my present moment awareness and the ability to discern what my true emotions are. Right? And... Another part of moving out of reactivity is to fully let go of victim mentality. So even if someone wrongs us, maybe we have someone take our idea or we have someone not fully tell us the truth about something that affects our life, whatever it may be, we don't have to project anger onto that person or we don't have to project guilt onto that person. Because the only reason we would have a need to project anger or guilt out into the world is because we feel that within ourselves. And if we start learning to simply be okay with ourselves as we are, then suddenly we find freedom from those really strong emotions. It's not that they won't exist within us. It's just that we no longer have them over for tea. Instead, we consciously choose to rewire ourselves and say, okay, I feel anger there. Anger, I see you. I feel you. And if you're having a really hard day, maybe you need to go run five miles and as fast as you can and clear your energy. So that's another part of how we move out of reactivity is when we feel a strong emotion bubbling up inside of ourselves, instead of projecting it out into the world, onto someone else. We sit with it within ourselves, and we find a positive outlet for how to clear that emotion. And I know for me personally, my positive outlets for clearing strong emotions are in order of probably most accessible to least accessible. Deep breathing and pranayama, so specific breathing exercises. I specifically do alternate nostril breathing, nadi shodhana, whenever I feel agitated. Uh, Number two is actually to get in my body. So whether that's take a walk around the neighborhood, ride my bicycle, or actually do a yoga practice, even just a few handstands is usually enough for me to get grounded and clear out that emotion, meaning I just burn it out. One of my good friends says, emotions, if you strip them down, are actually just physical sensations in the body. The mind has a thought, it triggers a physical sensation in the body. So for example, with guilt, I feel really heavy. I feel like I can barely walk down the street. My whole body wants to just lay on the ground and curl up in a ball. So to release that feeling of guilt, I actually do that natural inclination. I lay in Shavasana and I start to breathe. And I start to just simply sit with that feeling of heaviness. And if I lay there long enough, suddenly that feeling of heaviness is lifted off of me. And I feel refreshed with anger. My tendency with anger is to want to move around really frenetically. And so what I would do if I feel angry is actually go for a really vigorous bike ride or get in the ocean and swim really hard. And then when I'm exhausted and my lungs are pumping, I lay on my back and float and look at the sky. So it's not that you go against these natural urges or inclinations, it's just that we realize we don't need to throw them onto other people to feel them and also to clear ourselves of them. So part of moving out of a reactive state is figuring out healthy techniques that allow you to feel the emotion and release it without creating damage to your closest people or even a random stranger on the street who's unsuspecting usually of the wrath just because they might have taken your parking spot or fill in the blank, whatever it may be. So the third phase of moving from reactivity to responsibility is to have the same scenario or something similar unfold again. So the person takes your parking space and you're there in your car and you feel that urge to get really angry again. But instead of getting angry, you remember that you consciously are choosing something else for yourself so perhaps you ground into your healthy technique like in the car what can you do you can do deep breathing so that person takes your parking spot and instead of getting exasperated and driving quickly away to find another spot you just sit and breathe and if you really have a heart of gold you send that person love you don't wish negative for them even if their intention is not in a like-minded energy or vibration and so you acknowledge the anger or the frustration is arising but instead of projecting it onto that person you just pull back take the power of the pause as I call it take a few deep breaths and then calmly proceed to find yourself another parking space Because how do you know that that person who just took your parking spot isn't the person who's going to make your green juice inside of the health food store that you're trying to go to? You don't know. And so if you're here thinking still, what's the problem with being triggered and telling the world how I feel? Well, to me, the issue with it is that it creates gaps rather than bridges. Part of what gives my life meaning and purpose is that I feel connected to other people. But if I walk around in a hateful energy or an energy of guilt, which would then project guilt onto others, then naturally I'm not going to feel connected to others. How could I? If I'm not connected to myself, to my own inner peace, to my own highest longings and how my heart feels called to be, then how could I possibly connect in with others? So being responsive is about acknowledging and honoring our desire to create connections. And if anything, it's about honoring our desire to be in integrity with the person we want to be. I'm always saying this, but would you act that way if you were being filmed and had to watch it later? This is a big guiding force for me. It's like, how would I want to be treated from this person? If I had to see myself acting this way, would I feel like I was in alignment with my heart? Or would it feel like I was in alignment with my psychopathic, egoic tendencies, which we all have, by the way. So back to the third phase. The person cuts you off. You feel anger arise. But instead of throwing your anger on that person, you take a deep breath or two and you calmly find your parking space. And in this way, you are not disturbed either. You maintain your inner peace. And whenever we are peaceful with ourselves in these small interactions, we actually throw a coin into the well of world peace. Because as my Reiki teacher once taught me years ago, wars don't start from one big collective event. Wars happen slowly over time. When the collective of humanity is at war with one another, we are going to see that mirrored out into the world as an actual war between two countries or two religious sects or even wars between yoga studios in the same town. Go figure, right? Now, after catching your reaction, I call the third phase catching your reaction, by the way. After catching your reaction repetitively over time, eventually that reaction doesn't have such such a strong hold on you anymore, and so you go back to the traffic scenario. Here you are in the parking lot, you put your blinker on, and someone takes your parking spot again. But because you've done so much work with clearing out that negative reaction, and changing the neural pathway to choose loving kindness rather than anger to choose compassion instead of hatred for someone else because they don't act in the way we want then suddenly the person cuts you off and takes your parking space and you feel no response of anger no reaction of anger instead you just feel the calm Maybe you have a vague memory of, I remember when this used to upset me. That's funny. And you can have a good laugh at yourself. See, it's all a big joke. We go around thinking other people do things to us, but it's actually us playing our dream out into the projector screen of the world. So whatever we see within ourselves is naturally what we're going to project onto the world. So if we get in the habit of seeing peace, of making peace within ourselves, of being loving towards ourselves and others, then naturally that's where that neural pathway is going to go. So even if we're met with an agitating or challenging experience, it no longer triggers us the same way. Because we have consciously rewired that neural pathway to choose something better. And not only for ourselves, but for the sake of the entire world. If every single one of us gets in the habit of catching our reactions, choosing to release negative, perceived negative energy in ways that don't harm others. And also choosing the way we want to respond and then actively working towards creating that response route in our neural pathways then we find emotional freedom. Because if we can become aware that we are having a reaction and that we are projecting something outwardly, then we also have the power to stop it from happening. And I'm not talking about suppression. I'm talking about conscious self-study to understand where those patterns come from And if those patterns don't serve us, we become empowered to uproot those patterns through our own awareness. So every single day we get to ask ourselves this, what do I choose for myself? What kind of energy do I want to put out into the world? And if the energy you're putting out into the world isn't serving you, you'll know this because your life, it just won't be clicking. Things won't be falling into place. Relationships will be struggling. Your self worth will be challenged. This is a given. If we struggle with strong emotional demons, if you will, which all are based on fear fear of abandonment, fear of not getting what we want, fear of getting what we want and not feeling like we deserve it, so we sabotage it, and so much more if we can understand that all of those emotional demons are based in fear and that most of them have been learned from other humans when we were impressionable and young, then suddenly we realize that we don't need to hang on to that baggage. It's like climbing a mountain with a 70-pound bag when actually all you need is a bottle of water. Right? That 70-pound bag is all these emotional demons, if you will, that hold us back. And if we hold them in and suppress them, we have another problem as well, which is that it turns into pain in the body. And anger, for example, tends to go into the liver. Guilt goes into the reproductive organs. Worry goes into the spleen. The stomach is all about fear. If we're not digesting something, We vomit. Large intestine, letting go. So if we cling on, if we're greedy or stingy, undoubtedly elimination will be a challenge. So if you're still questioning, well, what is the point of moving out of these reactions? I mean, what does it really matter? I'm angry, so I got angry. I feel guilty. They're guilty. I feel sadness. Everything I see is sad. When it could be the opposite. I feel anger, but I'm choosing to live my life in joy. And whatever you feed, if you feed the joy, more joy is coming. If you feed the anger, every experience you have is going to upset you. And if we allow those self-destructive energies into our life long enough, whether we're projecting them outwardly or suppressing them inwardly, our physical body begins to suffer. Because whatever vibrational frequency we're carrying within our mind is the vibrational frequency that we're going to carry within our body. And so the point of clearing out conditioning that doesn't serve us is to also bring us towards a greater sense of health and well-being. The more we carry positive, loving emotions and know when to use anger. Like for example, if someone takes your bag from you when you're shopping in the market, you have a right to feel angry because you didn't deserve that, right? But it's another thing if you feel like someone's taking your bag from you in the market and all they're doing is standing next to you trying to buy the same tomatoes you're buying. See, and that's where reactions go out of control is when we allow them to run the show. I don't know about you, but I want my heart to run the show. My sense of love and interconnectedness with all of life. And by our willingness to do this work, our willingness to clean out our reactions and move closer towards responsibility, our ability to be responsive to the moment at hand based on our own self-realization and our own intentions, then suddenly we become totally free Not only mentally, but physically, we find vibrant health. Because if we carry the vibration of harmony within ourselves and out into the world, our body is going to mirror that vibrational frequency of harmony. Remember, finding emotional freedom doesn't happen overnight. But little by little we become less enslaved by our patterns and if we do the work we become more empowered by our own intentions and by what we truly feel in the moment and then we become clear like a crystal to shine our light out into the world even when we're challenged even when we're stressed even when we feel like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we don't have to let those strong emotions cloud our frequency. We don't have to let those strong emotions be dirt covering the crystalline structure of our own heart. No matter what your bank account balance is, no matter how much work you have to do on yourself or in your relationships or on your career or whatever it may be for you, there is always this part of you that's capable of carrying the frequency of love, harmony, and compassion. And if you lean into that, your entire life will start to fall into place. And you will realize that all along, you are the masterpiece. And everyone else is a masterpiece within themselves as well. And in that, you find total acceptance for life the way it is. That doesn't mean resignation. It just means that you can, at a baseline of your own realization, understand that everything is unfolding in total perfection. And in that, all you've got to do is shine your light. Shine your light of awareness, what your intentions are, and commit to yourself that those are your intentions, and therefore that is what you give the world. Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma Podcast. Aloha.